59 seconds by Richard Wiseman. One sentence summary. 59 seconds shows you several self-improvement hacks grounded in the science of psychology, which you can use to improve your mindset, happiness and life in less than a minute. My favorite quote from the author is, happiness doesn't just flow from success, it actually causes it. Richard Wiseman. Richard Wiseman isn't your average researcher. The English psychologist has a YouTube channel with over 2 million subscribers about magic, is the only professor of public understanding of psychology, and created an app that helps you influence your dreams. He loves to debunk paranormal phenomenons and has published over 10 books. He's also one of the few sources where you can learn something faster than on 4-minute books, thanks to his 59 seconds concept, which also gave name to this book. Most self-improvement books lay out big plans and long journeys of transformation. Richard thinks there's no need for that, when there's so much you can do that takes less than a minute. Here are three lessons from 59 seconds to improve your life quickly. 1. Ask yourself what you want your speaker to say at your funeral to make sure you go for your long-term goals. 2. When you have a brilliant thought, jump right into executing it and skip the brainstorming. 3. Whenever you point out a flaw in someone, use but to smooth out the negative. Ready to improve your life in three ways in just three minutes each? Let's look at some 59 second hacks. 59 seconds lesson one. Think about your own eulogy to align your actions with your long-term goals. This answers the question, what is a one minute hack that I can use to make sure I go for my long-term goals? One of the most popular techniques in self-improvement is visualizing your goals. You sit down, close your eyes, and imagine yourself achieving your dreams, as well as doing the things necessary to get there. I've done it for a while as part of my miracle morning, and found it to be helpful. However, there's also some opposing evidence to this, with some studies finding people tend to work less for their goals if they visualize them. One thing that's timelessly been proven to work is this, having a step-by-step -step plan. When Richard examined the New Year's resolutions of 5,000 people, he found that planning and breaking down goals made all the difference. But to do that, you first have to know what your high-level goals even are. A great 59-second exercise to get clarity on that is to just think about your own eulogy. What do you want the speaker to say about you at your funeral? If you want to be thorough, you can even write it down. Similar to the funeral test, this will show you what's really important to you and help you align your daily actions with your biggest dreams. 59 seconds, lesson 2. Skip the brainstorming and go right from eureka to execution. This answers the question, what should I do if I have a great idea? What is a one-minute hack I can, help, I can use to help execute ideas faster? You know what ruins a great idea? Thinking about how to implement it. Brainstorming is supposedly this creative process, but it really suppresses ideas because it creates delay and friction between having an idea and getting to work. This is especially true for groups, where people often refrain from even voicing their ideas because they fear the judgment of their peers. But don't lie to yourself. You can just as well spend forever in brainstorming hell all by yourself. I know I have. Instead of procrastinating by deliberating, what if you went immediately from distracted to doing? from Eureka to execution. Salvador Dali had the perfect technique for doing so. He sat in a chair, holding a heavy key right above an upside down plate on the floor, waiting until he dozed off. The second he did, the key would slip out of his hands 
hit the plate and wake him up with a loud noise. Right on the verge between sleep and consciousness, he'd instantly start sketching the images in his mind. This is called a hypnagogic nap, and the same principles apply any time you're distracted and let your subconscious go to work. Right when you have a brilliant insight, drop everything and start executing it. This will save you plenty of planning time and make you loads more productive, keeping the ideas flowing as you need them. 59 seconds, lesson 3. Use but every time you point out something negative in another person. This answers the question, what is a 59 second communication hack that lets me deal out negative feedback and criticism much easier? When following couples around for a year to determine what makes some relationships successful while others break, researchers Sandra Murray and John Holmes found one word to be particularly useful. But. Imagine you make your sweetie dinner, she twists her mouth upon first bite, grins and says, you're such a horrible cook. Supposedly cute, but still stinks, right? Now, imagine instead she would say, you're such a horrible cook, but at least you're funny. Feels entirely different, doesn't it? That's because using but after any negative statement allows you to smooth out the minus with a plus. Get the other person to focus on the upside and view your relationship in a different light. However, it's probably a good idea to extend this practice beyond your significant other and adopt it in any relationship, as I can easily see this greatly improve our communication with coworkers, family and friends. My personal takeaways from 59 seconds. So this is the typical topic for shitty blog posts, right? It's like one minute hacks to do this, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> But actually, in book form uh, and the way he does it with science-backed strategies and then breaking those down on one-minute levels, it actually works. Um, I think it's a good book. He's a good guy. Um, so let me go through these once again uh, very briefly because I have one more thing I want to share. Um, asking like you're writing your own eulogy I just put that into my self-awareness exercises um, I would actually try to write your own eulogy I haven't done it yet the exercise but I want to do it at some point um, like write whatever the speaker should say when you lie in the coffin there or the urn or whatever it is going to be like that's a super powerful exercise that's going to be super powerful I know writing it down is going to look longer but just thinking about it for a minute should already get your juices flowing in the right direction. <clears throat> the brainstorming part, that strategy, this whole have an idea, instantly execute it. Um, first of all, I have to add that to do this execution, like right when you have the idea executed, I mean, sometimes it's a complicated idea and you can't do that. However, what you can do is instantly think, what is the next step? Like, so let's say it pops into your head, you have a new idea for a new kind of hot dog where you put, I don't know, some kind of chi weird chili sauce on it. And you're like, <gasps> like, that's the world's greatest hot dog. Boom. What do you do next? And instantly ask yourself, what is the next step I can take right now? That's the question you have to answer because without the answer to that one, you can't instantly execute. So now what you could do is, hmm, I have a friend who sells... Uh, who works at a sausage factory, um, maybe I can call her and ask if they, uh, what the price is for a hundred sausages or something like that. Or you could do something like, I, oh, I could Google prices for hot dogs, hot dog buns or stuff like that, right? So try to think of a very small next action you can take instantly and then take that. 
So that's of course the question that connects this um, Eureka and execution. Second, this is how any quote came to be. Um, because we went, I went from uh huh quote idea quote app idea. I had it in my mind. I was talking to Raphael. It something triggered me. I was like, <gasps> shit, I got it. I should ask him. I asked him. He said, oh, great idea. I was like, hmm, what's the next step we can take? And he, we were both like, talk to developers. So we started talking to the developers, and the next day we had a call with a developer, and now we're doing it. Um, so that was very much how that went down. And then the but part about the compliments, I have to add to that one that um, yes that works uh, but <laughs> but the caveat is that uh, for humans it takes like five positive things or ten positive things to uh, to cancel out one negative one so you technically don't have to just say like you are bad at this but you're good at this you have to add more positive things for them to mentally and emotionally uh, go back to the zero level so I think the best way to deal is to deal out criticism in a um, very specific, temporary and uh, uh, external manner. So you could say something like, instead of you're such a horrible cook, you could say something along the lines of, um, this risotto really didn't go that well this time because x right so you could make it very specific and make it clear that this is a one-time incident instead of saying oh you're such a horrible cook and generalizing it to the person so that's the first thing and then again follow up with plenty of good stuff because emotionally the the bad stuff stick stings more than the good stuff uh, makes up for it that's sadly how we humans work so I actually wanted to read you another one because I don't have a one-minute hack, but I have a two-minute hack uh, I can read to you. And let me just actually do that. It's about perspective. It's a story. It takes two minutes, and it's one thing you can take away and you can keep with you and you can learn from it forever. In 430 BC, the second year of the Peloponnesian War, Greek general Pericles led a fleet of over 100 ships towards the enemy island. As they were charging ahead at full speed, suddenly a solar eclipse cast the entire fleet into darkness. Unaware of the scientific nature of this unexpected and shocking event, panic befell the soldiers and sailors, but not Pericles. He took off his black coat, walked to the navigator of his ship, held it around his head and asked the man, Are you afraid of what you see? Looking at nothing but a piece of black cloth, the man replied, No, of course not. Pericles encountered, so what does it matter if the cause of the darkness is a different one? When we don't understand something, our minds conjure the wildest, most sinister and dismal explanations. The result is fear, and fear leads to bad decisions. But when we question our own perspective, we find we can often explain the fear away. Perspective is everything. The beauty in that is, we're free to change our perspective at any second. We can choose to try different angles of looking at any situation, to break it down into its parts, to look past it, around it, or through it, until we find the perspective we need to move forward. Man does not simply exist, but always decides what his existence will be, what he will become the next moment. By the same token, every human being has the freedom to change at any instant. That's a quote by Viktor Frankl, and... If you pause for a moment to remember this story, it'll be useful for the rest of your life.
I learned this story in Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacle is the Way. Super awesome. Um, loved that story about perspective, about the cloak. And I found it really, really helpful to not let ourselves be rushed by fear and emotions and make stupid decisions that way. So I hope you enjoyed this little extra hack and some perspective I gave on the other ones. Um, 59 Seconds by Richard Wiseman. Hope you enjoyed and see you on the next summary.